0: report everything status quo sir very well if um anyone needs me i'll be in my bedroom
1: The Ready Your Room, the only and longest running Star Trek The Next Generation rewatch podcast. Every week of the calendar year, we're bringing you an episode of Star Trek Next Generation and all the behind the scenes stories that came together to make it happen and make it the magical endeavor that we all know and love to this very day. My name is Mitchell Mel, Chief Consultant of Services at Paramount. With me is my partner, Brandon Hobbs. Brandon, how are we doing today?
0: Doing great, Mitch, uh, because we finally have an episode that we can honestly say, I think. Is um, actually worth talking about.
1: Yes, um, by far, I'm gonna throw it all out in the beginning. By far, the best episode we've ever covered, and um, yeah, it's not even particularly close.
0: And it's it's rare too, because you know, usually we, we spend about an hour of each episode talking about things that are not Star Trek, right? Um, which I'm you know I'm sure we'll still do, but the uh, the point is, we could easily just start talking about the show right now and have a, a full episode on it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and here's the thing. When I was watching this episode, I was actually moved by like the fact that I was watching good television. And I was I was just so excited in the moment and I'm excited now. With all
0: what of- uh yeah, what moved?
1: Well, you know, this is a family-friendly podcast. Was but... it, who did that? Was it OG?
0: Eh, well, you know,
1: we like OG. We all oh, like OG. OG is very important, yeah. Yeah. We'll get to OG later, but um, I'm gonna keep that that my lips sealed here. Keep a lid on that. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: You should try keeping mm. other things sealed,
1: such as you know, once in a while. Do you mean like um, tombs of old mummies, lest their curse be unleashed to the world?
0: Yeah, I mean that is pretty important. Better um, to keep Pandora's that sealed box.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Both literal and figurative Pandora's boxes.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Anything else you want to keep sealed? The, um, uh, the the Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen movie. Our lips are sealed. Keep their lips mm-hmm. sealed. Keep their yeah.
0: I I would love to keep their lips sealed. Right, because um, if their
1: lips aren't sealed, they will sink ships.
0: Right, because right, they they are extremely loose. Yes. <laughs> uh, what else? What else do we want sealed? Uh, envelopes containing uh, yeah the monthly bills. Keep those sealed.
1: Those are good. Um, any uh. You know, blubbery animals that live in the Arctic keep those sealed. sealed. Yep, yep. Yep. I think Um. we covered it, unless you got one more, like a magic seal. Oh, like um, like binding a curse to something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's fair. That's fair. Now, if you were Japanese, you could keep any stickers sealed. Ah. (laughs) Hmm. <laughs> what a great podcast we have. Um. I don't know where to go from here. Should we talk about Star Trek at all today? Um, I, we have to, unfortunately. Well, it's fortunate this time. We just went over yeah. that. This is the we good. Did, we did. This is good times. Okay. Sorry,
0: sorry. Need your reaction.
1: It's okay. So. Before that, though, we have to get to our fan question of the week, our fan male um, and our fan female, but this time it's the fan male. And this week's question of the week comes from Chris Bosch, who asks, Hey, Admirals, this big man is a big fan. My question is, who was the nemesis in Star Trek Nemesis? Thanks for all that you do, Sibo." And first of all, I want to say thank you to Chris for including an enunciation guide alongside his question, which I really appreciated. Uh, made reading it a lot easier. Um, anyway, you know we're also big fans of Chris Bosch here, his work on the court. He's one of the most talented individuals before he was cut short by a tragic illness that ended his career. But he's in the Hall of Fame, so he can hang his hat on that if he's still alive. Um, anyway... Answers question. Uh, Gene. Gene was the nemesis. The uh, Gene was the nemesis. The eternal Star Trek nemesis.
0: hmm Yes, yeah. That's uh it was it was kind of a big send off. Yeah. For for everyone, really, but mostly for Gene.
1: Yeah, you ever um hear that CeeLo Green song? You ever you ever hear that uh, C U P song? You ever hear that? I-C-U-P song? You ever hear that I-C-P song? Uh, about, um, magnets?
0: About magnets? Yeah. I didn't know celebrities watched The Ready Your Room.
1: Uh, no, most of them do. You know, we've spread the word out in our circles, and based on my polling, I I would say a a conservative 53% of celebrities watch The Ready Your Room, or listen to it.
0: Oh, wow. No wonder we're making the big bucks these days,
1: well, I mean when you can afford the uh you know the five hundred dollar patreon tier like it's nothing right, yeah, so you know sibo here, I'm sure he's passed it along to his former teammates i I know that um LeBron has been interested he's heard an episode or two
0: well, hopefully one of them uh signs up for the two thousand dollar one where we we go to have lunch
1: with them, yeah, yeah and uh it's it's great because they can also pay for the lunch which is of course part <laughs> yeah. part of the part of the tier right um if you could go to have any kind of lunch with a fan what lunch would you pick
0: McDonald's drive through
1: okay what would you get uh i don't know see i would get i, I would get a mixed salad cuz i don't want to be bloated in front of a fan you know
0: uh yeah no i was just thinking mcdonald's because it's quick and it's it's over uh, pretty pretty soon
1: oh that's true and going back to the salad they kind of give it to you in a cup so you can just drink it really quickly mm-hmm. and uh yeah. quick and painless <laughs>
0: and. <laughs> now especially if you have uh if you have <laughs> uh, one of those little blenders in your car you can throw it in there blend it up and you can actually drink it
1: oh yeah that came as a as an accessory to my bmw you know, yeah. It's right. Right into the console. Right. Yeah. Now, would you? Would we eat in the car with the fan? Would we pull over, our car, their car? Yeah. We, we'd have to. We'd have to get out. <laughs> okay. And just kind of have uh, a rendezvous in the parking lot.
0: Pull, yeah. Pull. No. I'll pull over on the side of a highway and just kind of, kind of sit in in the grass
1: outside mm. let them out of the trunk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, um, it's part of the readier experience.
0: If, if they're a celebrity, though, of course, we'll, we'll go to an actual
1: restaurant. If they're a celebrity, we'll get them out of there. Yeah. Yeah. I'll look forward to that. I know that there's been a lot of activity, people asking the details on the, the lunch date tier. Um, what was the name of that tier again? Internally readier? Right, eternally readier, yes. For people asking about the eternally readier tier, and um, we might have some obligations to fulfill, you know. But for for two thousand big ones per episode, I can uh, I can abide by that. And if you at home, even if you don't want to sign up for the eternally readier tier, but you do want us to answer your question of the week, you can email us at the readier room at gmail.com with a capital T and two capital R's, or you can DM us at Twitter at The Ready Room. And uh, perhaps we'll answer your question if you're famous or some kind of minor celebrity, like uh, like a Kathy Griffin type.
0: <laughs> or a uh, Jonathan Frakes type.
1: Yeah, if you ever appeared on like a Bravo celebrity poker special, that's the kind of... Um, Slight <laughs> obscurity. Totally
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, I know I know Gilbert Gottfried was on the Celebrity Apprentice. That's that's kind of that level.
0: He was on the angry video game nerd.
1: He was also the Aflac Goose? Duck? Duck. Goose. And, and then he made all those jokes about uh
0: Duck Duck Goose?
1: About nine eleven and uh, the Japan tsunami. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> Well, so that's that. that's the thing. Aflac is actually quite large in Japan, and yeah. when Gilbert Gottfried, the voice of the duck, made some insensitive tweets or jokes about some big tsunami, the Japanese customer base was very, very—they uh, felt dishonored, mm-hmm. as you can imagine, uh-huh. as is quite normal for the Japanese. And um, yeah, Gilbert lost that position. He's no longer the duck. Oh, this was like they didn't—they didn't—they didn't dub the duck in Japan. No, it was they didn't. They, I mean, all he says is "aflac," It's still the name of the company.
0: Yeah, but you know, you you would think you'd want him to say furaku!
1: Yeah, I guess they wouldn't understand if you if he didn't actually say it like that.
0: Exactly, because if if you if you say any kind of foreign word, regardless of how simple it is, with with a normal accent, uh, the Japanese just stare at you as if like your your nose fell off or something.
1: I know in my heart of hearts that this is a societal. Society-wide agreed-upon prank. It's gotta be. There's no other reason for it. No. But yeah, it could
0: be it could be a one-syllable word, and they would still they would still give you grief for it.
1: Pen. Hmm? Pen.
0: Pen. Well, pen's different.
1: <laughs> I guess technically, pen is two syllables. In uh, Japanese, well, it's
0: two. It's two mora.
1: Oh, is that what they call them?
0: Yeah, they call him Mora.
1: Well, that's a Mora, I guess.
0: That's. <laughs> Sometimes the second a word escapes my mouth, I know exactly where this is all going.
1: Yeah, you know me too well. Too well, I well, would say. Well, it, it
0: has been what forty years.
1: Yeah, and um, you know, familiarity breeds contempt, they say. Mm-hmm. And God, and, uh, we know there's that's plenty true. of that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I have a question for you. Okay. Uh, Who watches The Watchers? Who who indeed
0: watches The Watchers?
1: This week it was um, us. We watched The Watchers.
0: Well, I guess, and maybe that's... Maybe the title's supposed to be metal like that, but we never do figure out who watches The Watchers. Unless yeah. we are The Watchers who watch The Watchers.
1: Right, The Watchers are watched by us, The Watchers.
0: Right, but in-universe... There's mm. no one watching the watchers
1: here. Now it could be another layer higher of meta where who watches the watchers of the next generation? Like who's watching us? The FBI. <laughs> well, I mean after our uh our, our OG banter.
0: <laughs> no, no, just just the typical TNG fan, that's all.
1: Is watched by the FBI.
0: Is is watched by the FBI. Love it. Yeah, yeah yeah so so who watches the watchers indeed and what a I th- great episode yeah i think
1: it's safe to say that we both are completely if you i would say that if you're not interested in this episode you don't like it you're just not going to like tng very much
0: yeah yeah i guess so um this this really could be the at least so far you know mm. the litmus test for if you're gonna like this show yeah, which show is show someone this episode and be like, "Well, if you like it, then you'll like the show."
1: Which is a shame that it came in season three, you know, after <laughs> yeah. after two years,
0: right? Well, you know, a lot of previous episodes have little bits and pieces of what makes this this episode good, but you never really quite get there. And this, like every episode, it has its faults, but they're so they're so minimal, I think that yeah, that it really just comes out to be just good, solid television.
1: The only Fault that I really identified was the acting, some of the acting.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, it, it is Trek too, so I'm like, it doesn't yeah. bother me too much.
1: Yeah, it's it's all from the uh, the guest actors, the non regulars, yeah. so yeah, it's not even endemic of the show. But yeah, what well, just everything else worked, especially some things that I normally don't grab me, like the score. I really liked. I was going to say that.
0: Yes. Uh, uh, oh God, who was, who was the guy who did the music?
1: Um, fucking... Ron Jones,
0: Ron Jones. He did such an amazing job with this episode.
1: For a second, it's, I... like It's so catchy. Obviously, I know who did it, but if you had told me that Danny Elfman did the score for this episode, <laughs> I would have believed you. I wrote in my notes um, that... This is all I write. Legendary score when Troy is distracting everyone, and that's—I mm-hmm. don't know if you remember that scene, that song when uh, Troy leads everybody away so Riker can uh, spear yeah, it away I... Palmer. Um, yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, it's like this bouncy. Uh, I like
0: the. Uh, I like the intro too, where where Ray Wise's character and Og are going up <laughs> to the to the top, yeah, of uh, of the mountain,
1: and that's to, another th- uh, to, yeah.
0: to look for that that duck blind as you might call
1: it. Yeah, they never that's another negative of this episode. Usage of the phrase duck blind. <laughs> or perhaps that's one word.
0: <laughs> no, it's two.
1: But that's another good part of this episode, the uh, the the outdoor shots which do a yeah. lo- do a lot of work in... It, I mean obviously it's earth, it looks like earth. It's it's on earth, but
0: right. um
1: it, it it sells the idea of being on a world much better than any of the soundstage sets that we've had. Like you think it, seasons one and two had a lot more of that. Of
0: yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where where you would like have to pretend that they were outside, even though right. they clearly weren't.
1: Yeah, um, and I re- I
0: remember the uh, the one with the African uh, aliens. That was remember the worst. That? Yeah, that was yeah. the absolute worst. It
1: was just like a a tarp with some lights shown on it.
0: It was. It looked like a stage play.
1: Yeah, it it did it really did. Unless, <laughs> lest we forget the um the battle jungle gym set where, where Yar <laughs> yeah. and that and that 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 Negro woman fought.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so stupid. Uh, anyway, anyway, yeah. The uh the the outside on location shots really opened this episode up in a way that I think had never really happened before. Even though you know we've done on location stuff before, it was usually you know, it was on that campus with all the buildings around, or it was, <clears throat> you know, the, what was it? It was just right last episode, right? Where it was just like a, a small field and a house. Yeah. Uh, surrounded by nothing. Um, Which... This time, we,
1: hmm. we... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, last episode wasn't bad. Um, I think it, it that was an improvement from that campus. And in fact, um, going back to that campus in a few seasons... Mm-hmm. Even that is used better than it was initially. So I, I yeah, think yeah There's a few things going into it. It's it's the quality of locations, but also how they're being used and shot is improving. And I think this is the best of of all of that so far.
0: Yeah yeah. So so this this time we we uh, filmed at uh, Vasquez Rocks, right? Yeah. Um, which was a popular location for the um, the original series. Uh, believe it or not.
1: I don't believe um, it.
0: <laughs> it never looked as good as this, that's
1: for sure. Um is, is and that, so is,
0: if yeah.
1: Is that where Kirk fought that lizard dinosaur?
0: I think I think it was, yeah. I think uh, so. We'll classic, have to look that up to confirm it. Classic scene. But I'm pretty sure that's that's the only scene you know from the original series.
1: Yeah, and I love it. <laughs>
0: um this this time I, I think if I remember right, um it never got below we were out there for two days, it never got below a hundred degrees. And um, mm. Rob, who was directing this episode, he he had this thing in his mind that if if any of the actors or the the the, the crew used deodorant or perfume, they wouldn't really get into the right mindset, right?
1: Because the so, uh, the Mentalkins wouldn't have that.
0: They wouldn't, right? So you know, if if you're disguising yourself as a Mentalkin, you're gonna want to smell a little bit. But man, imagine the smell. Mm. Imagine it. Um, the one good thing about all of this is that uh, Brent and I and a couple of the uh, the other usual crowd, like uh, Ensign Youngblood um, and uh, uh, Chip, the the first assistant director there, um, we would take turns just slowly walking past Marina and just deeply inhaling her musk. Um, it was it was it almost got you high.
1: You mm. know, we've all been there. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. And so we, we made a few passes each and she eventually found out what we were doing. And then after that, you know, we didn't need to hide it anymore. Which was, you know, also nice, um, but it was it was a grueling process this this whole uh, on location shooting.
1: Yeah, and I've, people don't know a lot about this. Um, people who don't work in the industry like us, right. industry insiders. Um, where if you're shooting outside, that means you know arriving very early and in a mad rush to make use of every minute of daylight that you have. And mm-hmm. it's stressful. It's hard. It's hot. You're exposed to the elements. You're, you're kind of in the last shot. We got a little bit of this for the winds coming in, and um, yeah. it's not ideal. And yeah, it, yeah,
0: and that's the thing. It's never ideal ever. Right. <laughs> um, and I, I think we've all watched like a, a an indie film here and there where um, they'll they'll have a scene on location, and the sun's just slowly setting as they cut between you know frames or whatever. Mm. and and it's just it's so obvious
1: the change of shadows the change of the sun's position just can ruin entire shots entire scenes yeah. and obviously big budget productions have the funding to come back another day but like you said these indie ones anything that's not big budget they're just kind of at the mercy of it of it all
0: yeah 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 for sure and you know to a degree we kind of were as well but i it all paid off it it's
1: it looks nice it does. Uh, I'm happy we we put in that effort to do it. Yeah, yeah.
0: How do you how do you feel about the uh? So, I, I want to talk about just the the Mantalkins in general for for a little bit here. Um, they are proto Vulcans. Yes. Um.
1: <laughs> which is kind of ridiculous. Uh, I, don't, I don't. I
0: think I think we're starting to see some kind of race essentialism thing here going on because. Um, the proto-vulcans are genetically logical and rational, while the, the regular vulcans are also genetically logical and rational. Uh, now, despite I... having split off from a common ancestor, they they both exhibit the same temperaments.
1: Well, first of all, how did they split off from a common ancestor on different planets entirely? Did, was that a space-faring ancestor that had amnesia? But in reality, mm-hmm. this is this is just not worth thinking about because the Mntaukans in this design were like a last minute kind of thing. Um, Originally the Mntaukans were conceived as this kind of race of owl people. They looked like owls. Anthropomorphic of course. Yeah. But we, we did some demos of the makeup and the prosthetics that were needed and getting all of those actors in that, getting all that equipment out on the, on location. It was just too expensive, too much time. And uh, ultimately, we decided to go with, you know, the Vulcan-ish makeup that we already had well perfected. Um, mm. We had to change the original title of the episode, which er- originally was, whoo, whoo, watches the Watchers. Right. And um, it was an easy fix, I think. It was easier to fix the title than uh, than to come up with a plan B for the makeup.
0: Sure. Well, I mean, th- that sort of makes, makes the title make a little more sense now that we know the context here. We were just complaining about how it doesn't really...
1: Oh, yeah, I should have sh- right? mentioned but,
0: that. Right. Um, well, that makes a lot of sense. Huh. I, I can imagine it would have been terrible getting everyone into costume when it was that hot out, too. So I think we made the right decision.
1: Yeah. Now, from some perspectives, if you were trying to maximize Marina's musk, then mm-hmm. you might have right. appreciated right. the uh, <laughs> the owl costume.
0: Right. That is true. Well... You know, it was uh, it was good as it was.
1: It was, it was, and I um, think
0: I think that the 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 Mantokans do a good job of looking like Vulcans, but also like primitive in in the facial features they they were given.
1: Yeah, they kind of have like that brow going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Although, in some respects, that's making them out to be more primitive than they should be. Mm. You know, because they're not cave dwellers they they have technology they don't they don't even have superstition anymore well that's the plot of the episode but um they're they're an evolved people so the yeah you don't want to make them look exactly like Vulcans because that's kind of strange but the desire to make them more primitive in that way is uh it's a bit logically silly you know Mm -hmm. yeah yeah maybe like oh they don't have space technology yet they must be retarded they must look retarded
0: <laughs> i i guess i guess if we're talking about like you know evolutionary biology as we know it here on earth in the real world
1: and i guess yeah it is a little silly yeah but but you're as, right as
0: a <clears throat> just just turn your brain off
1: bro the the need to distinguish them from normal vulcans visually is real uh, i can't can't argue with that. They, they,
0: they, could have, know, they could have given them like a different nose or something, like they usually do. With aliens. Just <laughs> just put some ridges on the nose.
1: <laughs> they're Vulcans, but they have ridges. Now, <laughs> now what I want to know is why do all Vulcans have the same haircut? No matter if they're uh, if they're on the Vulcan planet, which I don't know the name of. If they're Min Planet Vulcan. Oh, is that the name of it? Jesus. Um, or uh if they're the Romulans, which are like the Nega Vulcans. Why do they all have the same haircut? Uh,
0: maybe it's like a North Korea type situation where there's like a haircut mandate.
1: It's not genetic. It's like that's, you, the, you only only the, it. <laughs> that's the only way the
0: hair grows. The only way the hair grows in. <laughs> well, you you know you could they could literally just say that and people would be like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, who cares, right?
1: Right. It is Star Trek. Who gives a shit?
0: But the bulk the bulk cut is funny. I mean, the bulk cut's just a funny haircut in general.
1: The bowl cut for a Vulcan. Unless... Ooh. Ooh. Ooh-hoo. Unless
0: you're a, a South Korean K-pop boy, then it's just sexy.
1: We do love our South Korean K-pop boys. You know, I learned this we, the other day. We love K-pop. Get this. So I've been tagging all of our work, whether it's the YouTube videos, our tweets, mm-hmm. the, the audio podcast uploaded with uh, behind the scenes, you know, BTS. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And as it turns out, that's actually the name of some kind of Korean bo- pop band. BTS? Yeah.
0: Not behind BTS. the scenes,
1: but BTS. Yeah, There's
0: BTS. What does it stand for?
1: I don't know. I haven't really looked into it, but I do know that this has been very confusing for people on Twitter. But you know, it kind of
0: feels like they're stealing our thunder.
1: I've we've been on this, <coughs> excuse me, we've been on this hashtag for quite some time, and uh, I, I'm not really prepared to move off of it.
0: No, no, certainly not. Also known as the 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 Bangtan Boys, BTS, Bangtan Boys. So where's the
1: S come in? Bangtan Soys? Yeah. Bangtan Boys. Ah, uh, I, I guess BTB um, had some conflicts with uh, with Bungie. <laughs> huh, so they yeah, use it. i don't
0: know i don't know what the whatever anyway yeah um i uh w- we're not gonna budge on this hell no no
1: now we said this before but i want to go into it now i think the acting in this episode is largely terrible from almost everyone that's not on the main cast
0: yeah, wait. Can I can I just say one point before we move too far away from it? Sure, because sure, it's at sure. At the very beginning of the episode, sure. Whenever Troy wears, you know, the outfit she was wearing on the uh, on the bridge at the beginning of the episode,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you can always just kind of see like exactly where her, her womb begins.
1: Her womb begins.
0: Her womb begins. Yeah, you can always kind of just like see like it's a,
1: just the shape of. All right, hold. on. Let me Google this. Where does Marina Certis's <laughs> womb begin? Oh. <laughs> Um. See, all it's linking yeah. me to is the child from season one. It,
0: it, is it linking you to our, our uh, pregnant
1: Troy shirts? Let me go to images. Yeah, they're there.
0: Mm-hmm. Good. All right. Any, anyway, I just wanted to see if if you you know picked up on that, but I guess not.
1: No, but I'll look out for it now. I'm gonna st- I'm gonna study Troy's womb. I'm a Troy w- wombologist.
0: <laughs> Alright, let's talk about the acting. It's bad. It's pretty bad.
1: And I don't know if everybody was given this direction to, to be a uh, a simpleton. But that's mm. that's how they all act. The only person I can forgive is is OG's actress because I think I don't know how old that person's that character's supposed to be, but clearly it's a child. Yeah, yeah. So I can kind of forgive that, but um, Ray Wise, oh, who's the other one? Played Nuria. Uh, uh, Catherine Nuria
0: was, uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> then they were just terrible.
0: I didn't think Catherine was that bad.
1: I so she I re- wasn't great. I loved the scenes of her with Picard on the Enterprise, but her she couldn't really carry herself in them.
0: Um, no, no, definitely not. Yeah that that is that is one thing that. Um, that you can say about pretty much the entire uh, guest cast here is that they, they cannot carry a scene. <laughs> for sure. I mean, Ray Wise is Ray Wise, and I'm biased towards Ray Wise because, you know, of all the things he's been in that I've seen him in. So mm. I don't know if I can speak truly to what I think of his performance here. It's not exceptional, uh, I think. it's It's a little hammy, but maybe that's what he was going for. I'm not sure. Um, the, the guys who worked in the, the duck blind,
1: though. The scientists.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, 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 Baron James, James Green, who played Baron. Okay. Did, what did you, did you have any, any opinion on him? Was he, was he was, he, was
1: he the main one? The guy who was in the meeting with, uh,
0: yeah, he, he was like imploring Picard to, to beam up Palmer because it was like stupid anyway, not to beam him up.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was fine. I I didn't really have a problem with him. I didn't think he was great, but he, he was better than everyone else. Although he had less, <laughs> he had less to work with, so it's not really even fair to compare the two.
0: Yeah, I suppose so. Um, I mean, OG, you say you forgive OG, but the thing is, OG was a a pretty important character. I mean, at least at one point.
1: Yeah, but I. I there's a way that you can see. That style being direction for acting, as a child, you know. I suppose, which is why I forgive it. I don't think it's a good performance, but it it, it can align with a hokey depiction of a child.
0: Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I it, it, she really just did stand out to me as as the one that like is kind of grated on me. I buy that
1: she was there. And uh <laughs> that's that's always the case with not always the case, but usually the case with child characters, they just tend to be annoying in one way or another. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of those characteristics are usually played up in one way or another. That, that is grating. Um, quick fact about OG. OG was one of the first, might have, might have been the first, character conceptualized for TNG. And that's why we gave her the name OG.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, she, she was the result of uh, many weeks of brainstorming.
1: Yeah. We had a lot of sketches, artists, you know, renders, trying to get the look right. Because we knew we really, if we could make OG work, we can make TNG.
0: Yeah, and you know, unfortunately, um, we never, we never ended up using her in any any, any um, you know, bigger capacity. So, so we kind of just cut our losses, cut her from the main cast, and um, well, it, this this OG is is, is more of a uh, a
1: tribute. It to ul- character. it ultimately paid off because she's one of the main characters on lower decks.
0: Yes, yes. So, uh, well, you know, they, they got to piggyback off of our success, really.
1: It's true. Which As nice usual.
0: Now, Pamela, who played OG, would go on to voice.
1: Are you quizzing me? Is this is a quiz? Yeah, yeah, I'm quizzing you. Um, is this in Star Trek? No. Okay, then I will say... Popular
0: animated series. A main character of a popular animated series.
1: One of the My Little Ponies. No. Damn. Okay, what? Bobby Hill. Really? Yeah. I'm like scouring <laughs> my mind to compare these <laughs> gonna, two voices.
0: You're, you're gonna have to go back and watch the episode again. Once you do, you'll hear it.
1: The, now, the thing is, she always calls Ray Wise father and not Dad.
0: Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Dad.
1: Come on, Dad. I just want to measure the sun.
0: <laughs>
1: Worst Bobby Hill ever, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> I haven't seen King of the Hill in quite some time,
0: yeah, it's been a minute
1: well, um that's like I want to contain all that that negativity here in this cast section because uh, it's kind of just gonna go up from that, you know,
0: yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely um, so where do where do we where do we restart the conversation? We kind of could
1: of go thinking? through this longitudinally
0: oh yeah why don't we do that we'll go through this (laughs) latitudinally
1: yes um which uh, which means naturally that we would start in the scene where ray wise is um unconscious aboard the enterprise and he wakes up and sees picard with a bunch of like shit smeared on the camera and um (laughs) i can confirm that that's what that was (laughs)
0: um even even more interesting little tidbit for the for the for the audience is uh um, Baron starts yelling, Palmer, where is Palmer? As the camera cuts to Ray Wise.
1: Yeah, I, I was always thinking when I rewatched this that some viewers might be confused that the name Palmer was dropped several times in an episode that features Ray Wise of Twin Peaks fame.
0: <laughs> uh, just to confirm, it, uh, it is uh, a foreshadowing of his much better performance and role uh, that, would, that would come to TV in uh, in the next year.
1: We like Twin Peaks here. We're big fans.
0: It's definitely a better show than Star Trek.
1: Yeah, it's like, what is it? Hey, Roxanne, get me that coffee. <laughs> Boy, I sure love coffee. Oh, look, there's a there's the tall man. Is that a heckin' cherry pie? <laughs> there, there. Oh. oh, he's he's pale and he's speaking backwards. <laughs> Look at the
0: little funny midge. He's a little midge.
1: What if we decorated this room with the one curtain that we have?
0: <laughs> hey, it ended up working really well, though.
1: <laughs> I like Twin Peaks.
0: I I'm a big fan of, of the the most recent season, though, where it's like the, the special effects are just so bad. Mm. Like there there is there is the scene where um who's what's L- Laura Palmer? What what was her what was her mom's name?
1: Uh, Mrs. Palmer? <laughs>
0: whatever. She's she's sitting there, and just like a hole just appears in her face. It's like one frame, and like a hole appears in her face or whatever. And it like, it, 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 like her face like crumples up like a piece of paper from like Angela Anaconda or something. <laughs> and it's, it's, she's fucking hilarious. Uh, and, and needless to say, uh, there were plenty of people watching it that, that were very offended by how bad the special effects were, which was even more funny.
1: All right, I got to ask you a question. Are you ready to live on the readier room reveal who killed Laura Palmer?
0: Uh, no, we
1: know that though. What was it, Bob? Yeah. Well, oh. well, that's not Bob. exciting. It's just some guy. He's just some He's just some dude. Some Indian guy. <laughs>
0: wasn't even wasn't even supposed to be on the cast,
1: right? And then he then he was because they didn't know how to frame a shot.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, mistakes into
0: miracles, truly. Um, yeah. So,
1: well, hold on. Let me let's let's not get, move beyond this. What do you think has a worse season two: The Next Generation or Twin Peaks?
0: That's really tough because. When you're speaking relatively, season two is a for Twin Peaks is a bigger drop.
1: Mm. Whereas s- for TNG, it's shit. it's vaguely an improvement.
0: Yeah, but objectively speaking, in a vacuum.
1: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I can't think. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I, I don't know if I can choose. Maybe Star Trek is better. I think I might rather watch Star Trek Season 2.
1: Wow. That's, uh, I have to revoke your, your Lynch card.
0: Because, well, you see, fuck. Lynch hmm. left during Season
1: 2. Oh my god. That must be why it's so bad.
0: That's why it's bad.
1: Now, is it necessary to watch that to watch Season 3 and Firewalk with me?
0: a good question yeah no yeah it is because because season three comes off the heels of the ending of season two like you need to know what happened at the end of season two to understand what's going on in season three
1: so then this implies that david lynch went back and watched season two because he's familiar with it
0: yeah i don't know what exactly how much involvement lynch had with he might have come back at some point Hmm. to do like the last few episodes
1: I prefer my my take on events where Lynch is just sitting at home in his chair, and uh, he puts Twin Peaks season two on, and he just has his head in his hands. It's like, oh my god!
0: I don't think I don't think David Lynch watches TV or films or anything. I think he spends all of his time in his garage nailing metal or, or wood blocks to the each other, and and uh, he like sleeps in a tube.
1: You ever see that comic he made about that dog? I don't think so. I think it's called The Angriest Dog in the World. And uh, every comic has the same art with different text.
0: He's just, he's schizophrenic.
1: He doesn't and like... He keeps getting away <laughs> with it. Well, you enable him. I do. You, I do. specifically.
0: Do you watch his number of the day?
1: No, please? no. Does, does it just go up in a linear fashion?
0: no 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 he takes he takes every day he pulls a number out of like a, basically out of a hat and uh it's it's just one through nine and he he shows it to the camera and he's like today's number is four and that's it then it cuts and that's the end of the video i love it every single day
1: is this uh is this his own youtube channel
0: uh it's on his youtube channel like his general
1: i'm gonna look he does, this up. That
0: and he does he does i think he does like a weather report too every day
1: well hold on this first brought up the count from sesame street number of the day
0: <laughs>
1: yeah i, I just I found david it
0: david lynch's youtube channel okay
1: yeah um is, is david lynch the most creative human being
0: literally his entire channel is just his daily weather report and his number of the day
1: <laughs> all right let me ask you again is david lynch the most creative human being
0: if if this guy wasn't a famous director you would think he's like uh like an authist on the level of like just an rpg or, or the guy who does the the
1: do it do right videos but so here's what's here's the thing though what's what separates him from them i don't know that's that's what's scary I mean the man made a racer head. The elephant man. The eraser man.
0: a Eraser man.
1: And everything in between. He uh um he gave Dennis Hopper his life back. What? The 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 King Koopa. Yeah, I know who Dennis Hopper is. <laughs> Do you? Yes. Then how do you not know the connection here?
0: I don't, I, I I'm i just not coming through
1: to me. Baby wants to fuck. Oh, yes, baby wants to fuck. Do are you? I'm sorry. Come on. I'm sorry. How unlynchian.
0: For someone, for someone who quotes that line way too much, <laughs> I should have, I should have picked up on that. I'm, uh, right, Let's go back to Trek. We're going back to Trek.
1: All right, all right. He, Ray um,
0: Sype. Ray Sype? No, I mean Ray Wise <laughs> wakes up, or or no, he 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 wakes up a little bit, and then Crusher puts him back to sleep. There's, so what's your opinion on the on the line from Picard? Why didn't you let him die?
1: I like it. Um, he, he likes it. I've long been a fan of strict, stricter uh, prime directive upholding, mm-hmm. and. If they had just let him die and gotten everybody else out of there and, you know,
0: Yeah, then no, none of this would have happened.
1: Right, and the Prime Directive would have been upheld.
0: And they could have continued observing them. Right. Uh, so, you know, really this was all just Crusher being a woman as usual.
1: I think that's most of the Prime Directive problems.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it is too. <laughs>
1: we can't just let him die. That's literally what the Prime Directive is for. Just letting, <laughs> letting them die. It's not... No, let them be happy and don't interfere. It's uh, it's just don't do anything.
0: <laughs> um, th- then we have a little line about erasing short-term memory, um, which they kind of retcon here uh, because Crusher's like, "Oh, I don't know, if, I don't know if this will work exactly."
1: Even though we did it perfectly before. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, See, yeah. In talk well, and talking, you know,
1: their brow is too thick. <laughs>
0: Liko, his brow thick. <laughs> See, uh, now, now you're quoting Darmok. This just proves that Pulaski is a better doctor.
1: This is true. <laughs> Maybe that's why they got rid of that character. She was too she was proficient too to tell these stories. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, she she also didn't bring anyone back to life. So.
1: <laughs> well, that's that's the core conceit of this episode, isn't it? Oh, why do, you, you can bring <laughs> people back to life. Picard because...
0: should have brought down to the planet so she could bring all those corpses back to life.
1: Yeah, Picard's sitting there like I don't have that power, and Crusher's just kind of like fidgeting, you know, un- un- uneasily.
0: <laughs> um, so they send him back to the planet, and it turns out that uh,
1: he remembered everything. He remembers. Mm-hmm. The Picard. And the
0: the, the the that is that is a funny. Well, okay. Funny little okay. The, the, the Picard.
1: How about this? Picard says so when he's in the infirmary, and Ray Sipe is watching him. He says Picard out, and um, Liko instantly knows that that's that that means that he's referring to himself and that he's he's ending a <laughs> transmission.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I hate that you maybe noticed that. Just that. <laughs> that's awful. Thanks.
1: It might be the most minor of minor grievances, but it it is silly.
0: It is, yeah, it is a little silly, but worth noting because uh, it doesn't make any sense. Yes, yeah, uh, but I do love, I do love the Picard. It's it's very quaint.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, that one's got some mileage to it.
0: Yeah, uh, so they. Uh, uh uh Riker says i have a suggestion
1: <laughs> and it's just the worst suggestion
0: it's an awful suggestion
1: i think he just likes putting on fancy hats
0: he likes he likes dressing up um they 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 dress him up as mintalken actually i remember um frakes when the, the the first time he you know got his makeup applied to, to be a mintakin. Mm. um it took like two and a half hours something like that and uh he just loudly exclaimed that he was glad he uh, he quote has a face that people actually want to look at, uh, because he he could never do what Dorn did every episode basically.
1: Yeah, he. I remember Michael's in the room also getting his makeup at the time, and it was very awkward to be there.
0: He was he was uh, completely silent though,
1: stoic even.
0: But yes, yeah, yeah. That's 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 how I would describe it. Uh, he he took it well.
1: Yeah, a true, um, a true, a true black stoic in the face of adversity.
0: Yes, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, Frakes would go on to have uh, at least one episode per season of him putting on alien makeup and uh, sneaking around alien planets.
1: Mm. He would also go on to have a gig on uh, Beyond Factor Fiction, mm-hmm. whatever. Beyond two Souls, mm. uh, Beyond the Pale. Now, when him and uh, Troy go down to the planet, a the boundary. I, I don't know why they chose Troy, but th-
0: yeah, why did they choose Troy? Maybe she she could read minds and vaguely talk about how people were feeling,
1: but that never comes up. Um, it's just so she could have playful sex banter with Riker.
0: <laughs> That's right. Well, I mean, she is like one of the the only women um,
1: that we had on, on the, the cast.
0: On the bridge crew, um, and of course, only the bridge crew can can do away assignments.
1: This is so, true.
0: Um, it it makes sense to have a man woman pairing. I think
1: you know one will be there in case there's any physical altercations, and the other one will be there.
0: <laughs> the other one will be there unless there's any uh, if if there's any sexual altercation.
1: <laughs> well, that's what they um, establish is that in on right. Miltaka, <laughs> uh that's that's the man's job. To lend his services,
0: right. I'm surprised uh, Riker didn't lend his services to, to anyone. I guess there wasn't enough time.
1: Right. Well, they had to go through Troy first.
0: <laughs> when you think about it, though, who who else could they have really sent in that makeup? Because you have you you can't make up or
1: Jordy's too black. No, you can David's make up too yellow. So believe it or not, in a season seven episode, um. Worf, is, his, his appearance is altered to look like just some kind of random human with a ridgy nose. And um, he goes down alongside his brother um, to infiltrate some kind of society.
0: Well, fuck me. He was still black, though.
1: He was still black. They can never cure him of that. Yeah. So
0: um, what I'm saying is we have two, two, two guys who are too black, one guy who's too yellow, um and that's pretty much it unless you want to send crusher down.
1: No, Data also gets um his appearance altered. When, does, he, does he get whitewashed? I think
0: I don't know if they change. skin think I think, I think, I think, tone. I think he, he might actually they might actually do that, yeah.
1: Cuz he went um to Vulcan Romulus uh at some point they went, I think it was Romulus and uh yeah. they meet up with Spock. It was like season or something Maybe yeah that's it's yeah yeah see yes, you've seen that one
0: i yeah yeah i i don't i don't remember i i honestly like so many of the episodes i just don't remember
1: cowboy diplomacy <laughs> is,
0: that what it, that, is that what it was called
1: well so no that wasn't the name of it but when picard and data show up as you know their appearance altered to be vulcans mm-hmm. um spock meets up with them and he says oh you're doing some kind of cowboy diplomacy and uh, he's he doesn't really approve of it because he's more mild mannered than that. And then right. several episodes later, uh, Picard gets a message from some Vulcan emissary, and he says, "Oh, I have a message from uh, Spock. It's he said he says it's cowboy diplomacy, and you'd understand that." <laughs> And that's the history of the phrase "cowboy diplomacy" in TNG. Why did you say, did you say that like
0: Patrick Warburton?
1: <laughs> did I? <laughs>
0: hey, Peter, it's a message from uh, Mr. Spock. It so it's uh, cowboy diplomacy, and not you to understand that.
1: <laughs> uh, it's infectious, I guess.
0: I guess so. And uh, where were we? Um, oh yeah, we, we were debating on why they sent Troy down.
1: Yeah. Uh, whatever. Just to cock tease Riker, I guess.
0: I guess, and to cock tease me.
1: Indeed. Um. And the problem yeah, is, so uh, is that the the uh, Mentalkins. There's two problems: one that they Liko remembers Picard and he's spreading uh, religion about him, which could alter their culture, and two that they find Palmer, not Laura Palmer, but a Palmer.
0: Right, right. Laura <laughs> Palmer will be found later.
1: I think his first name was Arnold.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's that's where the that's where the drink comes from.
1: Right, right, right. Which the um, or, the original version was uh, lemonade and Marina Serdas sweat, but
0: uh... <laughs> didn't really pass inspection.
1: No, no, no. And it's really hard to bottle that for a national consumption, so it, it was moved to iced tea.
0: Yeah, uh, although we we did continue to enjoy the original version of the drink concept. Indeed. Uh. So yeah, it's 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 the intersection of these two issues that that causes the problem. the the, the intersectionality of these two issues, mm. that causes the problem that we find ourselves in. Uh, where uh, Riker is forced to kidnap Palmer,
1: right after Troy makes a distraction for yes. him, and then, um, well, this is where he subdues Fento fentanyl.
0: What's his name? Yeah, 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 fentanyl. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, which which has one of the funnier cuts I've ever seen in Star Trek. Um, <laughs> where we go from Riker uh, fumbling with, with uh, a knot on, on a rope to him having completely tied up and gagged Bento. Um, we did this partly for convenience and partly because Frank does, doesn't or didn't know how to tie a knot.
1: I remember he always uh, showed up to set in Velcro shoes. Mm hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, oh, that's right. He tried to hide it though.
1: Yeah, I mean, he painted all of it black so it would blend in with itself.
0: Yeah, I I think this scene is really funny though because just imagining how Fento would have had to sit there completely still, silent, as, as Riker as Riker allowed him to, uh, or, or as he allowed Riker to to tie you know ropes around his entire body and. Um, you know, choke him
1: and never call for help, right? Which is, you know, I can get that he's an older guy and Riker could overpower him, but for him to not even attempt to call for help when yeah. Trek is no stranger to to like a, a a very obvious stage punch across the bow, knocking someone out instantly. Well, why not? Right. Why not just knock the man out?
0: Yeah, definitely. He he could he could like backhand him.
1: Yeah. So you say, Fento. If you tell anybody, I'll fucking kill you.
0: <laughs> Sorry, friend.
1: I'm <laughs> gonna have to kill you. The 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 stranger must be set free.
0: I feel like they could have done this in in so many better ways. Um, not not the scene, but you know, like the the characters, you know, as they are written.
1: Yeah, I feel uh, this.
0: It, it feels a little sloppy, but. Whatever, I mean, desperate times, huh?
1: Yeah, it moves the story along, and it's fine. You yeah. know, this scene has yeah, a fine. nice score, which is enjoyable, as we said, so... Yeah. It's not so bad.
0: Yeah, so, so yeah, Riker picks up Palmer, and he has to, like, run away from him, because OG notices him. Right. And she sends... Uh, she sends... Holly? Some Bowman? In. Yeah, some Bowman. <laughs> and... This scene was stressful for me. Oh, uh, yeah? Because... He could have beamed up at so many so many points before the 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 point at which he did beam up.
1: Yes, yes. Um, he he didn't even know that OG was looking at him. And if the idea is we don't want <coughs> people to see us beam away, he we didn't know that he was being seen. It's like whatever. In fact,
0: he did, he didn't even need to walk
1: outside. No, just go up the stairs behind Fento, and that's it.
0: Because that's that's where uh, that's that's around where Nuria got beamed up.
1: That's true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, they didn't really give a shit about uh, about Nuria. They're like, yeah, let's get her out of there.
0: <laughs> yeah, so so this this all felt a little bit forced, and it 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 really annoyed me that he he like he hid he hid behind like three or four different rocks and refused to beam up uh, until he found a little little cave that he could squeeze into.
1: Well, you know, Frakes loves his cloister.
0: He does. He does. He loves his cloister. He loves his. His tight spaces.
1: Indeed. He's, um, claustrophilic.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, he's a, uh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's a claustrophiliac.
1: That, that's right. That's right. One of the lesser-known freaks facts.
0: Is that like a, a recorded...
1: A recorded-philia? Yeah. Paraphilia? Yeah. Claustrophilia? I don't know.
0: Yeah, 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 it is. It is. Abnormal desire to be closed in. To shut all windows
1: and doors. Hmm. Well, all my doors and windows are shut right now. Am I a claustrophiliac? I you might be. Depends if I'm jerking be off, careful. I suppose. Hold on. I'm holding. Why am I holding?
0: Uh, never mind. Never mind. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get it. I just I had a funny picture to send you.
1: Ah. Well, the ensigns would have loved it.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll get it.
1: Okay, we'll put it in the show notes after. Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: So, um, so now they want to kill Troy,
1: which yeah, because she's in cahoots with Riker. Working. Oh no,
0: sorry, Ray Ray Wise wants to kill Troy.
1: Well, the other people aren't so against it.
0: Yeah, Nori is the only one that's like, "Oh, you can't do that."
1: Well, she admits that if uh, things go from bad to worse, they might have to. Right. Troy's life is in danger. And,
0: and Picard really plays this... He really pushes it to the limits. Um,
1: so here's the thing. He, he, yeah, uh, When Palmer's life is at risk, he said they should, he should prepared to die. You know, everyone took that oath. They're ready to yeah. die for the Prime Directive. And when Troy is in danger... Picard's like, let's beam them up and talk to them. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, I guess. I mean, it is his crew. I, I I could see them taking precedence over over anyone else, but it's also like he's abnormally okay with just leaving Troy down there for uh kinda too long. I feel like if it was anyone else, he wouldn't have done that.
1: Yeah. Now when they, they they beam up nuria eventually with the goal of educating her and sending her back and at that point
0: they call us the, uh, call us the Picard maneuver by the way
1: yes and at that point why not just beam up Troy because you're gonna explain the technology later
0: right there's I mean there's nothing there's nothing these aliens can do about it
1: right. She's you're not. going to have. You're not going to ha- have a societal wide cultural change in the three hours it takes for you to talk to her, right? Yeah, I mean, but, parts of this episode's drama are manufactured, certainly. I mean, I, don't, I don't think it's such a big deal, but it isn't so logically consistent.
0: No, which is which is odd for an episode about a logical race of aliens.
1: Indeed. They have written a race more logical than themselves.
0: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they have. Um, yeah, Pic- Picard loves taking women from from uh, uh, pre spacefaring societies and showing them around the Enterprise.
1: When, when else? This? When else has he done this?
0: He did this. He did this. He did this. He did this. <laughs> when did he do it? No, he did it like. I don't know if it was season 1 or season 2 But he did it with a girl from I am not going to fucking remember this
1: oh, He did it with a girl?
0: He did, he did it with a girl? <laughs> um... Injustice Remember? Remember Justice? He takes the girl up Because they're they're going to kill Wesley Right and he he needs see I I can't remember exactly what what he did with her but he like he shows her around and he he, he like shows her her planet outside the window I think I think
1: the race injustice justice was spacefaring. If they weren't, the Enterprise wouldn't have beamed down the crew.
0: I don't think they were spacefaring. I don't know either way. He does it. But and he'll do it again. He does it again in First Contact, the, uh, the 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 one where Riker's a Klingon or whatever, or not a Klingon. What what the fuck is that alien?
1: Oh, the the one where um, Riker's in the hospital.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then that alien tries to have sex with him.
1: Yes, okay, he does do yeah. it there.
0: Yeah, and then he does it again in in the the movie First Contact.
1: Oh. Wow. I guess that is the Picard maneuver, you're right. Yeah. Alright, I, I, I concede that. Good looking out. Good looks. Good looks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, the scene with Nuria on the Enterprise is pretty good.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That
1: that conversation between her and Picard is well-written, if not well-acted, but it's still very engaging.
0: Definitely. Yeah, that was probably one of my favorite parts of the episode.
1: Agreed. And I, there's a little bit of... The tone isn't quite right when she asks him to revive uh, dead people at the end of um, their conversation. Picard has this tone of like, oh, I failed to get through to you. It's It's a lost cause. Mm. And that's kind of how right. it's framed. But right. in actuality, they just keep trying and they get there in the end.
0: Right. There was a fish in the tank.
1: And we have, you know, the same old fishmonger to thank for that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a little weird. A little bit of a weird note to end that scene on and then they show up in Sick Bay and
1: Right. Which... What
0: a what a nice coincidence that someone's dying in Sick Bay as as we're having this problem.
1: Thank God that person died. Yeah. It really saved the day. Right. Now, I really liked the the actual framing of the shot of the card standing like against the office chair and him and Nuri in front of the window i don't know why i don't think it's actually like a well-framed shot but i it was it looked different than TNG usually does maybe it's just another angle of that room you never see but um, yeah i think so but i liked it
0: oh, we should uh, we should print it out and hang it up on the wall
1: yeah put it on the fridge
0: put it on the fridge yeah that's about where it belongs <laughs> <laughs> Um. oh oh one thing i did want to mention is that when when troy and Riker are ascending the steps for the first time once they you know they, they beamed onto the planet they walk and they they come across these steps that that ascend and go into the building
1: mm-hmm.
0: um frakes walks up
1: the stairs two at a time he just can't operate in human society. This guy. He doesn't know how to sit in a chair. He doesn't know how to walk up steps. He doesn't know how to walk.
0: We we all we all know that kid who used to walk up steps two at a time.
1: Yeah. And then they, the other They
0: always thought they were really cool.
1: The same kid who when he got home he would walk up stairs on all fours.
0: <laughs> <laughs> same kid who would no clip to his next class. <laughs>
1: Uh, you know Frakes went upstairs on all fours in his house.
0: Absolutely. He probably still does. He's an animal.
1: He's a a tiger. You're the tiger. You're the Riker. You're the Frakes. (laughs) You're the (laughs) Riker. Oh, jeez.
0: So, yeah, so, uh, basically all of this episode was kind of for naught because Picard just goes down to the planet anyway.
1: Right. And, uh, all that hemming and hawing about the Prime Directive really didn't matter. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and there's the, quite the quite the climax at the end here. It's a dramatic night scene. We're no longer outdoors. We're back on the soundstage. Um, I think it's the same town set from when yeah. uh, ensigns of command data goes down to that town. Oh, is it? I think so. Um, anyway, and it's it's a pretty good climax. I think it's. What I like about it a lot is that Picard demonstrates that he's perhaps the only person in the Federation ready to die for the Prime Directive, like, actually, mm-hmm. and not just his lip yeah. service. Right. And it's that's a nice, consistent bit of writing that you don't always see.
0: Yeah, all all the characters here acted exactly how you would think they would, which is... Shouldn't be as rare as it is. <laughs>
1: uh, and God, is it rare?
0: But it's it's really good. Uh, Lico refuses to acknowledge that uh, Picard is is mortal, and then he just shoots him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then he has the best cry caught on film.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, the fun fact that Bow uh, was the center of. Um, Quite the controversy
1: oh this behind the scenes yes
0: um the bow is kind of the focal point of the episode in, in, in a certain way because we we had these um particularly these these two bow manufacturers bidding uh for whose bow would be featured in the episode uh it, it was between martin and darton right mm. and um as, as you can see watching the episode martin won out um but they were very unhappy when when we cut the scene where James McIntyre, um, who plays Holly, um, looks directly into the camera and says, uh, "The new Martin Dynabo, available at select retailers today." Uh, that was not in it, written in the contract. Uh, I think for the for their sake it, it should have been, but uh, you know it, it didn't go over well.
1: It might be on the Blu Ray. I don't know. It might be. And in the deleted scenes, it should be. They can take some solace in that. Yeah. Thirty years later, forty years later, <laughs> years
0: later. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But, um, but a
1: great scene. Uh, the 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 mood of it was was tense. You know, there's some yeah. lightning going on, which you you know you can thank me for. I was the one manning that light oh, switch. That's right. Yeah, yeah. They say that you know only actors are creative people, but. I was doing some improv there. I kind of left my mark on the scene, if I do say so myself.
0: Yeah, it came out came out very well.
1: Yeah, the times... I timed the flashes with Patrick's blinks. And uh, it added a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's a creative way to go about it.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, we did a few shots. I tried a few things, but that was the one that stuck. And then Picard gets shot
0: and then Picard gets shot. Uh, and then it immediately cuts to the Enterprise with Picard narrating that he's okay.
1: <laughs> and, and I was uh, Captain's log, I was okay.
0: <laughs> to be fair, he only got shot in like what, the shoulder.
1: Yeah. So, cuz um, OG OG pushed Liko. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, did you notice that in the final she- scene on the planet, sheen, um, Picard has a very Unfuturistic cloth sling on his arm. Yeah. Just like tied in a makeshift knot behind his neck rather than anything yes. fitted.
0: Um, was he supposed to have broken his arm?
1: I don't know. He got shot in the shoulder, and ostensibly that means that you need something there.
0: Now, this is something they could just heal immediately, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. So who knows?
0: Yeah, I don't know what else to say about that, but it is stupid.
1: I noticed it immediately. Somehow I didn't, but it is really dumb. Uh, and then the entire civilization as we know it sits around Picard and everybody laughs.
0: Yeah.
1: And then they leave.
0: Yeah. Well, they they give him some kind of uh cloth.
1: Yes, take this to remember us.
0: Which we do see a lot
1: going forward. They're like, oh, could any of your technology help any of our problems? And Picard says, <laughs> I can't <No>. help you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. And they said, oh, okay.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we, uh, sorry, we've got to wrap up the episode now.
1: For somebody as irrational as Lico, he really took that very well. Right. Then they'd be like me.
0: Well, yeah, like... Nope. Any of them, a- any of them, I could see being like, well, you know, you could at least like give us a little something, right?
1: Yeah, pushing back at least once, right? Not the most graceful landing, but still a great episode.
0: Definitely, still the best episode so far, probably.
1: Yeah, I, I maintain it's one of the best in the series. I don't know if like where it'll rank when I finish rewatching this together with you, but um, it's 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 up there. It's great. Great television. Great. Um, when you're not as familiar with the Prime Directive and nitpicky about it, the concept is a lot more intriguing in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, and uh, I don't want to lose sight of that, because it it's one of the things that really endeared me to TNG the most.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a lot more intriguing, too, when you haven't already sat through, like, six episodes where they completely disregard it, despite paying yes. lip service to it.
1: Yes. Yes. So So it's uh, it's it's a, it's a truly great episode.
0: I think I think they get better about it going forward, right?
1: I believe they do, yeah.
0: So. That's that I guess. I mean, that's that's uh that's at the top of my rewatch list and I I like rewatching it every time I come to it.
1: Same, same. It's it's consistently enjoyable. And for once I don't like the episode less than when we started the conversation i
0: know (laughs) i know we've pointed out it's faults, but it's still just it's still great yeah
1: agreed you have a uh, question a trivia of the week i do the Um, question of the week not you you have a trivia of the (laughs) week
0: (laughs) let me think i was between a few things but i guess i'll just ask you okay what the next uh, what what's the next star trek series and it could still be this one Mm mm-hmm the next Star Trek series that Ray Wise shows up
1: in—it's not this one. I'm gonna say Voyager. It's Voyager. Yes, yes. Good job. I'm excellent. What Good does he job. show up in as Voyager?
0: You, you were so, you were so confident. It's not this one.
1: <laughs>
0: He's. Um... That's what
1: I sound like. It's like a
0: former Borg or something.
1: Ah, a, a Here, Ford. Uh,
0: l- let, me, let me show you a picture.
1: <laughs> you, you really wanted to get this one out. Oh, Lord. It's fucking terrifying. Yeah. Nobody said, oh, yeah, that's that, that's the talking. He's from <laughs> Mintalka 3.
0: <laughs> I don't know if anyone who is watching Voyage or... Uh... Even watch TNG that far?
1: Oh, probably back. not. If they did, they would have realized they were watching an, an inferior show.
0: Yeah, or they would have realized that. Oh God, I've been watching Star Trek for this long. I need to go outside.
1: Yeah, poor babies, poor babies. Anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna end this note on a win for me. I I'm I'm great, and I succeeded.
0: Yeah, good job. Thank
1: you, thank you. Um, this week we watched The Watchers. But next week, you should watch The Readier Room. Join us then for another episode of Star Trek. Join us then for more behind-the-scenes stories. Eat at Denny's. And until then, everybody, please, stay readier. The troublesome little man-child.
0: I stand before you, defrocked, Condemned to be a member of this lowest of species. Thank you, Ensign. Engage. Computer freeze program.
1: have you never dreamed of climbing inside the bottle bottle